Shapers on Jazz FM. Listen in color. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. Here we go now, time to go now. Can't stop, no, not now. Maybe you'll see what you can be. No, don't stop, not now. Each stone you pass is just one class and there's miles ahead. Pick up your speed, it's what you Great way to start the programme. That's Milestones from Mark Murphy, nice and racy. Good morning, this is Jazz Shapers with me, Elliot Moss. Jazz Shapers, the place where you can hear the very best of the people who are shaping the world of jazz, blues and soul, alongside their equivalents in the world of business, a business shaper. I'm very lucky to have Diane Young today as my business shaper. She's the co-founder of The Drum. They're a marketing and media business who is set up to provide services to, and you're going to hear what they are, to the marketing and media world. She does it for not just people in the UK, but everybody globally. How about that? She's now turning over around £6 million in her business. You're going to be hearing lots from Diane very shortly. In addition to hearing from Diane, you'll be hearing from our programme partners at Mishkon de Reyes, some words of advice for your business. And some music, of course. We're going to have some brilliant music music here this morning on Jazz Shapers. One of my favourites, Gil Scott Heron. We've got some Gregory Porter and this from Dr John and the Dirty Dozen Brass Band. A fresh take on the classic When You're Smiling. The whole world smiles with you, and I hope it's smiling for you right now. Diane Young's my business shaper, as I said, and she's the co-founder of The Drum, which some of you may have heard of, um, and you wouldn't probably have heard of very much before the last five or six years because it's suddenly become very big and powerful in its world, in its category. It is a marketing and media business serving that community. Diane, thank you so much for joining me. Tell good me, morning. Um, Good morning. Tell me... Um, in your own words, what does the drum do? Well, we're a media business that serves the needs of marketing and media people. Uh, so we cover stories from around the globe about interesting brand stories. We're very interested in how tech is changing the way that brand messages can be put across to audiences. And we, we just report the news as well um, for that community. And round about... Um, the website, which is the core of our business now. We have a, a printed magazine that comes out every two weeks. Uh, so we're still doing print and we still love print. Uh, and we also have a lot of other services um, around that. We do awards and conferences and we have other services to help people within that sector to achieve what they want to achieve in their business. Now, you've got around a million people, I believe, that are visiting your site every month, which That's sounds like an enormous number. Take me back before we go into how that became. You, you um, I believe you did a degree in mathematics, University of Strathclyde, I'm informed, I think correctly. Um, went into the health service. Someone told you apparently that you would never make a marketeer. When did you realise or when, when rather did you make the move from the health service world to the marketing world and why did you do it and why did you ignore that awful person that got it completely wrong? <laughs> well, uh, the business was founded by my husband, Gordon, uh, and his mum originally and um, then his best friend from school joined. Uh, they had run a school magazine together called Pupil Zone at Lindsay Academy in Glasgow and um, Gordon was from a media family and I think he was probably always destined 
to end up in publishing in some shape or form. And he'd been running that for a number of years uh, when we met. And uh, I just graduated. I couldn't get a job, uh, which is ironic because now somebody with a mathematics degree is in great demand. But uh, Especially if you're a woman as well. I mean, yeah, one of this is the whole thing about STEM subjects yeah. and women and yeah. the whole push that the yeah. government's making. So, yeah, funny that mm. at that point it still didn't help well, no, very much. Well, nobody knew what to do with no. a mathematician at that point, really. There was very specialist things that you could do, um, but I, I wasn't very keen on those in the end. So I worked in the health service for five years. I'd met Gordon. We'd got married. Um, and during that time I became interested in what he was doing and I wondered whether I could transition into marketing. I, I went to see a recruitment consultant who told me that having worked in the public sector there was probably very little chance. Maybe I could get a, a job in marketing in the public sector but apart from that uh, there was no real hope for me. Uh, so I went away and uh, had to think about it and in the meantime Gordon had said look I think you should join our business um, and I joined to start doing awards and events um, which is now about 40% of the overall turnover of the business um, and before long um, it became clear that uh, between Gordon, Nick and myself I was the person who could do numbers uh, and systems whereas they couldn't so I became the managing director of the business um, when I was 29. Wow. Uh, well, a few messages in there. Firstly, don't listen to everyone that tells you you can't do stuff. In fact, don't listen to anyone that tells you you can't do something. And secondly, mathematicians are incredibly powerful and scary. And I'm going to ask you about specifically why they may be underrated. Um, much more coming up from Diane, my business shaper. Time for some music though right now. This is from Gil Scott Heron. It's Lady Day and John Coltrane. That's Gil Scott Heron with Lady Day and John Coltrane, and I'm enjoying the music this morning, and I hope you are too. Diane Young's my business shaper, and she's the co-founder of The Drum, and she's a mathematician, she was telling you. So when she says it's around £6 million turnover, you've got to believe her. Diane, you, you said you joined the business. You ignored that person. We'll leave him as that, a person who said you're not going to be a marketing person. You're now running this business. This is a few years ago. Um. I always have this feeling that mathematicians, one of my oldest, closest friends a mathematician, can kind of do anything. I think that arts students like me are more limited. Have you found, as this business has grown, that you can, although you focus on the numbers and the systems and bringing leadership to life through that way, have you really found that you're super useful across almost every spectrum of the business? This is not a time for humility. <laughs> Come on, Dan, tell me the real deal with you and Gordon. That's what I want to know. Well, um, the way the business works amongst the three of us, because three of us in the business, yes. um, is that Nick looks after the technical side of things and design-related matters. Uh, Gordon looks after uh, editorial content, and he's also very commercial, and he comes up with lots of ideas um, that, that are now very valuable to the business. Um, and I have initially was quite systems-focused. I mean, things like awards are quite formulaic, and once you get a system going, you can replicate it lots of times. Um, but over the years, I think I've become better at uh, doing the right side of the brain stuff as well. Um, I think that hanging about with lots of people who are really keen on um, generating ideas um, and just being interested in the world really is you can make yourself be more creative um, by doing those two things. So I hope now that I've got a wider range of skills um, 
And I also found out that I could sell stuff as well. You see, my theory is right. The mathematicians can take on all these things, but art <laughs> students can't necessarily go the other way. But anyway, yeah. we'll, we'll just pretend for a moment we can, we can leave that there. Um, the business was not really doing very well at all five, six years ago, and it was tootling along. I think I, I recall when I was in the advertising world looking and online, there was some, some content, but it wasn't really happening. It was okay. It was just another thing to look at. What was the moment that things changed? Why did you go from a very small business to now a very fast growth business? Indeed, you're one of the, the Leap 100 um, City Air Mishkondorea companies. How did that happen? Well, for a long number of years, uh, the business was based in Scotland and um, the English regions. Uh, and we realised that the business was a bit vulnerable because it was a marketing title in a, in a small area. And we took the decision that we would diversify the markets that we were in. So we then started having a legal magazine. Uh, we had an architecture magazine. We started a magazine for entrepreneurs as well. And um, the idea was to build the same model that we had for the drum. Um, but we laboured away at that for a number of years and it was really quite thankless uh, because we weren't able to really crack anything particularly well in any of the markets. We were spread far too thin. And really the business was quite poor. Um, we we were living at the limit of our overdraft uh, for a long time. Sometimes we were worried about whether the payroll would be met and we just life is very difficult. And we had none of the real advantages of running our own business. You know, the advantages you can do things that you want to do and, um, you know, make your own decisions. But actually, we weren't able to do that uh, because we were just in a weak position. So my um, eventually one day I realised that if um, anything was going to get better, I had to get better at what I was doing in the business. And I set out to educate myself about how to run a business properly and to emulate people who were doing a really good job of running their businesses. And hold it right there, because we're going to hear what that actually meant in in the real world, because obviously it, it's had a big impact. Lots more coming up from Business Shaper, Diane. Before that, though, latest travel in a couple of minutes. And even squeezed in before that, we're going to have some words of wisdom from our programme partners for your business. And those words of advice are coming from Mishkon Dure. My name's Jonathan Berman. I'm a partner in the corporate department at Mishcon de Rare. We spent a lot of time in our department dealing with people who are establishing new joint ventures. When we look at these relationships, they are much, much more likely to succeed if the participants have been through a process before they actually start working together. And it's the process rather than the documentation that's critical. And what they do is to address in issues that they would generally feel uncomfortable with, about discussing with one another. The rationale is they want to get on with it and they've got a good feeling about working together and by asking difficult questions, it in their mind could endanger that good feeling. But that's the wrong way of going about it. And I'll give you a couple of examples of the types of things they should be thinking about. The first is, are we looking to maintain this business as a going concern under our ownership for the foreseeable future? Or are we establishing it with a view to building it up over three years and selling it? If one's got one view, one's got the other, it leads to huge disagreement and it's one of the biggest reasons for businesses failing. The second is, what's the business intended to do? What is our vision? Is our vision joint? Do we go into the UK or are we looking to expand into Germany? Are we going into America? Are we focusing on one business product or service or are we expend, expecting to expand beyond that? Again, having a business plan and sitting there and considering exactly how the business is intended to grow over the next few years is vital. 
Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM in partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. You're listening to Jazz Shapers with me, Elliot Moss. Every Saturday morning, I have the privilege of talking to someone who's shaping the world of business. Uh, today, my shaper is Diane Young. She's been part of the Leap 100. I mentioned it earlier. It's an initiative from Mishkondorea and City AM. And in 2016, you'll be hearing from some of those people selected for that particular list of people. I'm talking here to Diane as she's part of the 2015 list. But in 2016, we'll be doing more of those special fast growth businesses right here on Jazz Shapers. Diane, you were talking before uh, about the moment when you said, you know what, we were bumbling along, it wasn't working, all the benefits of having your own business weren't there, and I decided I was going to learn about how to run a business and emulate those people, the best people. What did that look like? What did you pick up, and then how did you apply it? I started off um, reading a book called Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, which is a very old book, um, but a very good book, and uh, the real impact of that book on me was it changed the way that I thought about things and the way I thought about how I might improve our lot, I suppose. Um, so the, the the underlying thing about that book is to uh, emulate people who have um, done well. So it was written by a man who interviewed some of the top captains of industry uh, and found out what their habits were and um, distilled it all down into a book. And one of the things in there is about... Um, getting an education it's about hanging about with people who have done really well so that you can be encouraged so that you can gain from their wisdom and you can basically copy the sorts of things that they do that have made them successful Uh, because amazingly if you start to do that uh, you start to become more successful yourself so um, that led me on to other kinds of training I started going to loads of courses and conferences Uh, I joined coaching groups I started to read books Um, Another book that was really influential on me was um, a book called The Language of Leaders by Kevin Murray. And that helped us, um, that helped me to change the way I acted. So Think and Grow Rich changed the way I thought and um, The Language of Leaders changed the way that I acted. And that really helped um, in the business as well. So all this stimulus, I mean, fantastic stuff. And it is, it, it sounds like kind of book learning, but also practical learning, which is, I think, the two, the kinesthetic view of the world of learning is, is definitely the best one. What did then that mean? What was it you did in the business that took it from small to now getting bigger? Was there a particular thing or were there two or three or four things at that time about five, six years ago? Yeah, there were a few things. Um, One of them was that um, we were spending a lot of time on things that weren't really scalable. And... um, that that's mugs work really uh, because you can work so hard but there's a limit to how much return that you can get on that uh, so we took some of the things that we were doing that fitted that and stopped doing them and started to focus on things that were scalable uh, the other issue in magazine publishing is that every time you finish a publication you have to start again you know all the pages are blank um, and you have to fill them with advertising and editorial so that that again is quite a different business model so we started to look at things that we could do whereby we could make things once and sell them many times and um, those by definition, give better margins in the business. So give me an example. Is that an event or some awards thing? Is that, is that well, ev- events in some way are fall into the same thing as the magazine um, where, you know, you do have to start again. But we have other parts of our business that are now membership-based and subscription-based. Uh, we have a fantastic service that helps brands to choose agencies based on ratings. So it's a bit like TripAdvisor where you don't just blindly go in and, you know, choose your agency. You get some real insight into what it's like to work for them. This is the recommended um, agency the recommended agency register yeah and that took a long time to build it wasn't that it wasn't 
any work. It wasn't easy. But once we've built it, we've got something there that we can... Um, we can spread out geographically, we can spread out to different um, types of company and um, we're constantly working to improve it but at least the core product is always there and it's always functioning and so having those kinds of things in the business uh, just makes a real difference to, to what we can achieve and that's allowed us to make our plans to go global. She knows what she's doing, this Diane Young. Stay with me for more tips from the top. Um, my business shaper, Diane Young, today, co-founder of The Drum. Time for some music. It's the phenomenal Gregory Porter with the enchanting wind song. The sun, the trees, the leaves, the ground, the sound it makes when love sings songs of love to them. I try all day to not write songs that sound cliche When I sing songs of love to you But somehow I always do That was Wind Song from Gregory Porter. Diane, you, you mentioned the things that you did and um, like many of the people I interview, they it's not matter of fact, but it's like, well, you know, I learned this, I did this and then we just did that and it all worked out beautifully. I imagine it wasn't quite like that. And when you're in the middle of it, even five, six years ago, and you can see the turning points and you and Gordon and, and your other partner are all going, this is working. Did you become excited? Did you realise that what you had learnt was now actually reaping rewards? And if so, how did you keep your feet on the ground? Mm. Well, the first thing we had to do was take the big decision to get rid of the other titles that we had and to stop op operating in those markets, to focus on the drum uh, and to take the magazine to London, which is the biggest market in the UK, which we weren't in. Uh, so that that was a real turning point when we realised that actually we can we can actually go into this market. We can compete against the, the big players, the PLCs that are in that market. So we're very pleased that now we've actually taken a lot of the market share from those competitors and we've, um, we've overtaken them in terms of readership and I think probably in terms of the size of our business. So one of the things that intrigues me, and I think it intrigues most people in, in business today, is the, the ability to connect with people digitally. And I know you have an online proposition, but you look at the big brands, the big retail brands, and then you and you look at yours, which is not technically a big brand. A million people are mm -hmm. looking at your site, unique visitors every month. How have you built that level of connectivity w with the world? I mean, that's extraordinary. Do, did you have a silver bullet for me, please? That would be useful. A silver bullet? I wish uh -huh. I did. Um, I think the key to the drum is that we create content that we really believe that people want to see. Uh, it's also a little bit of a luck I suppose from where we came from in Scotland you couldn't sustain different magazines for all the different parts of marketing for PR and design and advertising so we covered them all um, and as time has gone on the market has changed so that actually all the different disciplines are converging together uh, so compared to some of our competitors who are still working in niches we cover the whole of the market and that really reflects how things are moving. So that, that was a piece of luck in a way. But the other thing that we've done, which um, we, th we believe is crucial to our success, is that we haven't put up any paywalls or any, um, any gatekeeping on our website. We use our website to build community, to draw people in with the great content that we've got. Um, and then that allows us to show them other things that, that we've got that could help their businesses. There you go. No excuse not to get a million unique visitors by the end of the month, whatever you're doing. Final chat coming up with Diane. Plus, we'll be playing a track from Thelonious Monk. That's after the latest traffic and travel here on Jazz FM. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM. 
in partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. I must confess to love Thelonious Monk, or as my daughter calls him, Thelonious Monk. That was straight, no chaser. Diane, we we were talking earlier about how you um, digitally have grown the number of people coming on um, to the site and and enjoying it. It's a million, as I said, which I still think is an extraordinary number for any business. You talked about community, you talked about content, you talked about it being free, really smart stuff. As you now look at the business for the next few years, what have you got in mind? Is it more of the same? Is it the the systematized version of your life? Is it sales down to the precise, you know, everyone knows exactly what they're doing? Are there fresh ideas? Is it a mixture of it? What what do you do to take your 6 million to 10 million, if indeed that's your ambition? um, I think that um, everything that we've laid the groundwork for, we're now ready to really make it go much bigger. So all the work we did in making things that were scalable and geographically neutral, um, we now have a fantastic foundation to take the business outside the UK. And actually 40% of that web traffic comes from outside the UK already. Um, So we now have an office in New York. Uh, We've got representation in Portland, Oregon, where our... um, where our American editor is based. And this week we have just um, incorporated a company in Singapore and our Asia editor is going to be travelling out there to, to start the drums coverage of Asia in the next few weeks. So we still feel that we've got a long way to go. We're still innovating with new products in the company all the time. We're starting new divisions to meet the needs of, the bus- of our customers. And uh, yeah, we've got a lot we still want to do, definitely. Um, and you seem up for it, and, and I imagine that your two partners, including your husband, seem up for it. Do you? Is there anything that can stop you achieving what you want to achieve? Because it sounds like you have the plan. It sounds like, as you said, you've got the foundations. Are there choppy waters ahead? Does it worry you that this year on paper has been full of the most turmoil in the markets that, that we've seen probably since the last, you know, quote-unquote recession, 2008 moment? Are you fearful of anything, or is it just, we're going to do it? No, don't, I'm not fearful of anything. I think that um, we've got a really great business now and that we've got a strong foundation to grow. Uh, we've got good ideas. We've got fantastic loyal customers and we've got a great team because all of these things that we're doing in the business, it's not just three, the three of us. Um, we've, got, we've got really good people who work with us um, and they're all up for the journey as well. So I think um, we're confident that we're going to do some great things in the next two to three years. The other thing I think, just before we um, ask your song, just thing that I, I would like to just ask you about, you're a strong supporter of Access Aspiration, which um, puts place kids into play, work placements, kids that wouldn't necessarily have access to things like that. You're also involved in Founders for School, I believe, which is all about um, technology connecting with schools for their benefit. Where do you find the time to do that? You sound quite busy. Well, these things are uh, really important to me. I think that... Um a lot of the time education or certainly in my past education has been extremely disconnected from commerce and business you know in my school careers library you could be a nurse or a doctor or a lawyer or you know anything that had a professional 
title, but nobody ever said, or you could start a business or be, you know, run a business later. So I think it's really important to try and get that across to kids and to inspire them in a way that perhaps I wasn't inspired. I was lucky. I met Gordon and that's how I got into business. But it's such a thrilling thing thing to do, uh, run your own business when you're doing it well. Maybe not so thrilling when you're not doing it well like we were before, but um, once you get to grips with it and you've got something that you passionately believe in and that's giving value to your customers, it's a great thing to do. So that's just my way of trying to give back a bit. Um, It doesn't take up much time and you get really good energy back from the children as well. I can't believe how, you know, motivated they are with their young enterprise companies that they're running and the ideas that they've got and, and the, the confidence they've got to stand up and talk uh, so it's, it's very um, it's well worthwhile and it doesn't take up much time Listen, it's fantastic you're doing that, and I think that, that connection between education and business, you're absolutely right. I think it's uh, something everyone's trying to work on making better because it needs to be improved. Thank you so much for your time, sir. I've really enjoyed meeting you, and good luck with the business. I look forward to it being £600 million, <laughs> not too far in the future. Um, before I let you go, as I mentioned before, what's your song choice and why have you chosen it? My song choice is Feeling Good by Nina Simone for two reasons. Uh, one is that um, when I hear this song, I like to turn up really, really loud and sing along, but hopefully the microphone will be turned off for that bit uh, but secondly because I just think it's so important to enjoy life uh, you don't know what's around the corner and um, you know you might as well have as good a time as you can and I try to do that as much as I can so feeling good's important to me you've earned the right to have it fantastic reasons for it here it is it's Nina Simone and feeling good birds flying high you know how I feel sun in the sky you know how I feel Breeze drifting on by, you know how I feel It's a new dawn, it's a new day It's a new life for me, yeah, it's a new dawn the incredibly big sound of feeling good from Nina Simone, the song choice of Diane Young, my business shaper today. Someone who has pushed herself over the years to educate herself, to become better and to great effect in her business, which has flown as a result. Someone who said scalability is important. Don't just do things that are interesting. Do things you can actually replicate because that's the secret to growing your business. And someone who believes in the power of educating young people about what is possible when they leave school, i.e. you can create your own business. You don't have to go into a profession as such. All really, really good stuff. Do join me again, same time, same place. That's 9am sharp here on Jazz FM for Jazz Shapers next Saturday. In the meantime, though, stay with us because coming up next, it's Nigel Williams. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM in partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal.